talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music. This is the Hope FM Artist Interview. And thank you for joining us for this week's edition of the Artist Interview here on Hope FM. And I'm very pleased that we've got a new artist that's never been on Hope FM before. Well, his music has, you'll be familiar with it, I'm sure. Uh, but actually, this is his first time. So we're really looking forward to getting to know a little bit more about Kobe James. Hey, Kobe, how are you doing? What's up, man? It's great to be here. It's really lovely to have you. I've got to say, you've got a great smile. I've got the advantage on the listeners because I've got you here with a webcam uh, and you're looking great. You're looking young. I've got to ask, how how young, old are you? Man, I am 19, so I'm a baby. 19, you know what? That is absolutely fabulous. I remember when I was 19. It, I know it looks like it's a long time ago, but but the time flies by. So, um, so that, that's fantastic. I'm so pleased that we've got you. It would be good to know a little bit about your life so far, because even though you're 19, you've obviously experienced quite a bit because in the music industry, you're doing pretty well. So the fact that we're playing your music this side of the pond um, shows that actually it's not just the US that's getting blessed by you, but but we are too. So if you could tell us maybe a little bit about who you are, where you come from, uh, and also how Jesus has been part of your life and where did all the music come from? Yeah, man. So uh, I grew up in Raleigh, North Carolina, that's born and raised there. I had the same friends my whole life. I had uh, a really great community growing up and I was super, super close to my family. Uh, family's always been something that's been super, super important in my life. And I'm so grateful and blessed to have uh, had them be such a part because that's not something that everybody's blessed with. Um, so my life is pretty simple. I grew up on a farm. Uh, we did a lot of hunting, fishing, stuff like that. That was kind of on the, the countryside of things that um, you wouldn't necessarily expect from me, but um, I loved the lake. I loved going and doing stuff on the water. Um, I was a normal kid, but growing up, I also dealt with a ton of health issues. Um, when I was probably 10-ish, I was diagnosed with Lyme disease, um, and that was a really difficult spot in my life. Uh, my mom had it as well, um, and I, I, uh, I got diagnosed with like six other co-diseases with that. And so it was just um, it was a point in my life where. I couldn't really be a normal kid. Um, and it was definitely, I, I feel as if it was, I was able to be equipped by God with some of these stories and some of these things so that I could write songs. Because what I found is that if you don't have life experience, if you don't have things that have happened in your life, it's hard to write songs, especially about Jesus. And it's hard to write songs in a place that is trying to encourage other people. At 19, most 19 year olds can't really say they've been through a whole lot to, to give, you know, someone who's, you know, got children in their car listening, encouragement. But I feel as if I was blessed enough to have gone through some things in my life to where, you know, I do maybe have some things to say, and I'm blessed for that. Uh, my relationship with God definitely became more prevalent and apparent in my life as I went through those health things. Uh, when I was a teenager, like 13, I was getting IVs every two weeks, basically, uh, for like nine hours at a time. And, um, and I would look at other kids and I'd be like, you know, why, why is this like, why is this happening to just me? Like, why can't I just do things like them? Why can't I go play basketball like them and just do that and not have ramifications? And like, you know, I, I think God was teaching me things and I, I learned endurance. I learned strength and I learned patience. And um, those are things that I wouldn't trade for the world. And, um, but it was definitely a, an interesting journey. So the Lord's been with me through all of it and through the ups and downs, but it's been, uh, it's been a journey for sure. Wow. Well, I'm so sorry to hear that you've had all those challenges. So am I right? Lyme's disease is that what well, we call them ticks, those little bugs that bite you and then you get, is that Lyme's disease? It's, it is. Yeah. You can also get it from your parents if they've had it before and it's not been treated. So that's how I got it. I got it 
from my mom when I was born. Um, she had it too. And it was a, it was a whole deal for her for about a year. She was pretty much laid up in the bed and couldn't do a whole lot. Um, and it was pretty rough. So, so yeah, man, that's, that's basically what it is. So, and does it still impact you physically? It does. I have to be on the up and up with what I'm doing health wise all the time. Um, it's hard for something like that to just be gone. Um, especially when all I was diagnosed with all the other things along with it. Um, I'm very conscious about my health. Touring is very difficult on my health sometimes. Um, and it can be a lot, but you know, I, I just have to be in check 24 seven on how am I feeling? What am I doing for myself? Because, you know, you have to go on stage every night and make sure that you're able to give everybody, you know, what they deserve, what they came to see. And, you know, so it's, uh, yeah, and you, you did definitely a battle. You did a thirty-one city tour with Danny Goki, and we've had Danny Goki on the show. He's a lovely guy, but that that must be very demanding and tiring to do thirty-one cities. It was very demanding. I'm I'm an extrovert, so I can give everything I have for however long I'm supposed to. But then once I got home, like Monday when we get home from tour, I would crash. I'd be crashed for like a couple days. We got home from tour Sunday or Monday. I'm sorry, yesterday uh, morning. And I just crashed. I mean, or I guess not yesterday, day before, but either way I crashed. I was, my allergies were bad. Like I was struggling. I was in the bed. Like it happens. And man, it's, um, it's a lot. It's demanding, but you know, I, uh, I know it's what I'm called to do and I love doing it. So. Wow. Well, you're certainly very talented. Can you tell us what, what instruments do you play? In fact, we, we you were featured on the new music slot just recently. And when you were on there, uh, Dan, who was uh, presenting the slot with me, uh, he actually said, you know what? He is so talented. He makes me sick. And I said, Dan, he's so talented. He makes me smile. I was like, it's, I, I can understand where people might go. That is just amazing. Uh, how many instruments do you play? What, what are the things that you, you get up to? That's so kind of him. Wow. Um, I, I play guitar. That's my main thing. So guitar is my home base. It's what you'll see me doing at any show. It'll just be me and an acoustic going to town. I love guitar. Uh, some of my influencers are like John Mayer, Eric Clapton, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Jimi Hendrix, like all of them, my favorite artists. And that's kind of what I like to do through guitar. Um, and then I also produce. I like to say that's another instrument because it plays into even live shows and it plays into um, how the music is made. I produce. I do all of that. Um, and I have a huge love for that. Um, I'll do like live tracks for my shows. I do um, studio stuff. I'm produce. I'm a co-producer on all my my projects. Um, production is my my bread and butter. I love it. So that would be my second my second instrument, I guess. That that is a cool second instrument, and no one has ever said that before. Actually, that on the show that that's a second, but I think it's a, a key one. So it's a great talent to have to be able to put it all together and, and make the sound that you really want. So you mentioned some absolute greats um, of music just then. And I was wondering if, say, one of your tracks was playing in a shopping mall yep. and you you overheard a conversation with two people and one of them said to the other one, uh, oh, isn't this track by XYZ? And they got it wrong. It wasn't you. Who would you most be complimented to be mistaken for? I feel like the most common one I get mistaken for is Sean Mendez. I think that's the the always at shows people will be like, have you ever heard that you sound like, and a lot of times like something will play or whatever. And they'll be like, is this like a Shawn Mendes song? I'm like, no, this is me. <laughs> um, our voices are just very similar. Uh, we have like similar talking voices and registers. So um, that would be the most complimented though. Cause he's a very talented artist And uh, one of my favorites vocally. Uh, he's one of my favorites. Uh, Justin Bieber would be pretty big compliment, but also John Mayer. I think that'd be big. 
I did, you know, I did actually have a guess, and earlier on I wrote it on a bit of paper. So what did I write on my bit of paper? Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber. I did, I did think. I, I thought, you know, I think you'd like to be mistaken for him. So um, I would love to be mistaken for Justin Bieber more so than Sean Mendes because I get Mendes so much that Bieber I would be more complimented by. But yeah. Yeah. Well, I I, I could certainly hear it in there a little bit in place. Oh, well, you know, it sounds a little bit like so. Um, yeah. So good news for you, my friend. Um, okay. So. Um, we've got a track to play from you in a moment, which is uh, called Born Ready. Can you tell us a little bit about the track? How did that come about? Um, what does it mean to you? So Born Ready is one of my, my favorite songs, and that's because uh, I believe in what the message is saying, and it, it applies to me kind of in every aspect of my life. Um, so when I came into the room, we were talking, and I was like, you know, I am the youngest person in every room I walk in, hands down. It's not a competition. It's it, no matter what, I'm 19, so everybody's 40 plus 30 plus it just is that way which is cool because i've learned to interact with adults and i i know how to do that and i feel comfortable in that setting but with that comes some stigmas like you know oh he's not ready yet he's too young he's too green all that and you know the funny thing is is that god says the exact opposite you know he's the god of underdogs he's the god that used david the youngest one of his siblings to go and fight a giant so that's the god i serve and so when writing that song, we're like, hey, let's write about that. Let's talk about how God calls us no matter where we are, no matter how old we are to go and make disciples. And that's what Born Ready is to me. And every night I sing that on stage, I, if I'm a little insecure, I feel a little bit of doubt. Like, hey, what am I doing here? Who am I to be singing to these people? Like, I remember that God can use anyone and he is the God of underdogs. He's always been the God of underdogs. And so uh, he's the God of this underdog. And yeah, that's Born Ready. You call me out, you raise me up I'm standing on the rock and now I'm feeling steady You love me first, I am enough When I was born again, I was born ready oh. Hey Kobe, that is a great track and your introduction to it talking about being ready and uh, two things really stood out to me the fact you obviously you're young at 19 and you're there's a challenge when you walk into things that people don't actually expect you to be able to deliver that actually you might not be ready and the other thing that i thought about is you know there's lots of people who actually they're going to be in their 40s 50s 60s or 70s and they might go oh i missed the boat i've I, I should have been ready and i didn't manage to do what god wanted me to but i'm just mindful of the fact that actually god always takes us from where we're at and he always has good plans for us uh, and it would be great if you were happy for you to pray for the listeners uh, and just release some of your fresh readiness that you've got over people wherever they might be absolutely man dear lord i thank you for this wonderful time that you've blessed us with to come together as believers and just be together uh sharing music sharing uh our our insight on those songs and, and just to be together, Lord, uh, I pray for the listener in their car right now, in their home right now. I pray that you wash peace over them. I pray that you wash love over them and help them to understand that no matter where you are in life, no matter what you've done, no matter who you are, we are always able to be used by you. It's a beautiful thing. I think of the woman at the well and how you used her. I think of David and how you used him. I think of Moses and how you used him. All these people were the least you'd expect. Look at the disciples, all 12 of them, the least people you'd expect, and you use them to glorify your name. And it's a beautiful thing. We are all those people, Lord, and you have called all of us out to do great things for you. Uh, Lord, we praise you for that. Lord, I, uh, I just ask that you bless the rest of our time and in your son's name, I pray. Amen. 
Amen. Thank you so much, Kobe. Um, and if when you listened to that, you thought, you know, what? I, I do have some things that I just need to process with God. Just want to encourage you to make sure maybe you contact your church. Obviously, many churches are still closed during this time of lockdown or lockdown easing, which is good news. Um, but I would say, especially if maybe you don't normally go to church at all, pop along to www.findachurch.co.uk and you'll be able to find many churches across the UK, uh, right where you are, that would love to help you know more of God's love. Okay, so Kobe, you, you mentioned a number of brilliant Bible characters there that can teach us so much. Who's your favorite Bible character, with the exception you can't have Jesus? Oh goodness, Jesus is obviously the A tier, top of the top of the list. But I'd probably say I'd either say David, but I feel like that's the obvious answer, so I'm not going to go with him just for that. But David's up there, probably Paul, because of the insane 180. That happens in his life. I think it's beautiful. I think it shows forgiveness and mercy at its finest. And I think that it should be encouraging to everybody who, you know, I feel like there's so many Christians that were raised in the church and it's a beautiful thing, but I think we miss out on so many people. I think so many people feel excluded because, oh, I could never get into that because I'm just so bad. I'm so this way. And I know so many people that are like that. And I'm like, no, like it, like we, like we should be more loving and accepting of those people because they could be somebody like Paul who does such a beautiful 180 like that. And it's, it's so encouraging to watch that. I mean, I, I just love that story so much. I think it's so perfect. So Paul's probably one of my favorites. Yeah, do you know what? David has been picked a thousand times. Uh, Doubting Thomas picked quite regularly as well, surprisingly. But no one has picked Paul that I can remember on the artist interview. Yeah. And definitely for that, not for that reason. It's a, it's a brilliant reason. I, I think, yeah, I can, I can see that being very encouraging for people. Paul, the guy who's going around murdering the Christians uh, and then became the very man going around telling everybody about how wonderful Jesus is. Yeah. Wow, what, what a story. Um, so what things has Jesus been teaching you like in the last year or two? Goodness, what a year it has been. The, I mean, this has probably been the most um, eventful year and a half of my entire life. Um, it's the year and a half that I've been working towards probably for the last five years, um, which has been an amazing thing. And, and it isn't what I expected it to be by any means. Um, when I was 15, I wanted to make music and that's all I wanted to focus on. It was music, music, music. I wanted to produce. I wanted to write. I wanted to sing. I wanted to perform. And um, ended up doing that in 2019. I ended up coming to Nashville doing all that. And it was amazing. And it felt like everything was taking off. And we're going, we're going, we're going. And then everything shut down. And I was like, well, what's, what's next for me? Where, where are we? What's going to happen? And, you know, I think the beautiful thing that God taught me was in the isolation, he brought me so much closer to him in a way that was less dependent on a church and less dependent on how many Sundays I'm getting in a month but more so about my personal time with him and my personal relationship with him. It grew in a way that church is so important, but I think if you don't have the start and that foundation with the Lord, church is just a crutch. And for me, I needed that, that going in, going through the fire, being like, let's have a relationship with this God without church, without community. What does that look like? And I feel like with that, I had a really amazing faith blossom out of that. And uh, now going to church again and doing all that, there's so much more I have to give so much more. I have to offer the church because it's, it's out of less of being fed by the church, like please feed me, but out of how can I feed into the church, which is such a cool thing. And I'm so blessed to have been a part of that. Um, I'd also say with music, 
he gave me a full year. God gave me a full year of just writing, which I don't think I would have been blessed with. I feel like I would have been on tour in the fall and tour in the spring and festivals in the summer. And I wouldn't have grown as much as I did. I wouldn't have written the mixtape. I wouldn't have written some singles that were taking to radio this year. And I'm so blessed to have had that time to focus on them. It was a beautiful thing. And um, I think this year has been great for me, even though it's been the strangest one. Yeah, definitely the strangest one. I can I can agree with that. But it's also one of those things where uh, you've managed right near the start of your career in many ways to have a time that n- almost no one else has ever had at the start of their careers to, to do the writing and to yeah. be able to really really hone that skill. So yeah. I can see that as being a huge advantage for you because yeah. you're right, there's so many pressures, so many pressures on artists. In fact, talking about that, I saw a quote on your website um, and I thought that was really interesting. So the quote on your website said this, when you are chasing fame and chasing money, you lose yourself. It's a very real thing that a lot of artists and people in the industry deal with slowly forgetting why you're really here. Now that's attributed to you. Did you really say that? I did, yes, sir. Wow, I've got to say, I I can understand and relate to that because sometimes when I'm talking with artists and I talk to lots of artists on Instagram as well as on, on the show here, and sometimes I go, I can see where you came from, but I'm not sure now this is where you wanted to land. So what is it that prompted you to make that quote? Mm. Well, I think we see it in everybody. I feel like we see it in the pop world a lot. I feel like it's more apparent there to see it visually. I feel like in the Christian industry, maybe it's more hidden. Maybe it's easier to hide those things. But I feel like, you know, the the love of money is the root of all evil. And I feel like we miss so much the love part of it because people say money is the root of all evil. That's not true. Uh, Money is not the root of all evil. The love of it is. And when you come into this industry, when I came in at 15, I didn't have a concept of money. I didn't care about money. I didn't know what money even was. I didn't know what bills were. I just wanted to make music because I love music and I wanted to have a message and maybe a word that touched somebody. And if it could touch their heart, then I was going to be happy. And then once you get older, you realize, hey, you need this thing to, to survive. You need this. But always coming back to the fact that the Lord called me at a place in my life where that wasn't even a motivation. Remembering that, remembering that that's what I was called to do. That's the most important part. And, and the Lord is going to provide. If you trust in the Lord, the Lord will provide, whether that's, you know, an exponential amount or a very small amount. I trust that he's going to provide. I just want to make music that people can relate to and be touched by and not lose sight of who I was at 15 because I'm still that same little guy. I'm the same dude just with a few more miles under his belt and that's it. Wise words to have spoken to yourself, that's for sure. So I've got a question about relationships, particularly girls. Okay, yeah. who, who are you trying to appeal to with your music is my first question. What's your target <laughs> audience? My target audience, well, I like to think of myself as, uh, I like to do storytelling songs a lot. I do them more live than I do uh, in the studio because with singles and stuff, we do we do some broader songs. that I, I really love radio songs too. I love positive, encouraging messages. I just love that. I think I'm a big fan of pop music. I grew up listening to a lot of pop music. Um, I think my fan base would be a little younger and they'd like that because I sound very young, but I think a lot of older people like that sound too. And I think they really appreciate it and dig that I'm doing, I'm using lyrics and themes that are, are, are pushing the Lord and and going uh, on a vertical, not just about myself. And I think that is something that older people relate to. Uh, I think I think girls are probably generally my, young, my, my audience. They like, 
they like the Sean Mendez, the Justin Bieber kind of side of things that I bring to it, which, which I am super appreciative of. And, um, I'm, I'm very inspired by them as well. Um, but I, I hope, I hope that my music's for everybody who, who, uh, I hope my music's for everybody, but I feel like there's always going to be certain little pockets of people who like it more than others. Yeah. Well, because as an artist, it's not just the music. You are a package. Um, so, yeah. and you're a cute young guy is what I can imagine girls <laughs> saying. So, um, so how do you manage relationships though? Cause I'm going to imagine that lots of girls are going to start contacting you to go, Kobe, I really, really like you. Etc. Absolutely. There's been lots of that uh, since I was probably 16 doing music. Uh, the second you start doing that, there's a level of people, you know, you're on that stage, you're making music, you're doing something that I feel like a lot of people dream of and you become something that you're not necessarily to them. Like to them, you're this, you're doing something and you're, you're, you're Kobe James. And, and I'm not even big. I'm not even that popular, but that stage, what that does, how that, elevates you physically it does that internally as well it elevates you in a way that I'm, I'm just some kid i'm a kid from north carolina who grew up on a farm that just likes strumming his guitar and making music and is a nerd about john mayer and michael jackson like i don't that's who i am i'm just a normal guy i just got out of high school but there's there's always that level of wow factor that that i i can't control because that stage it puts something there girls definitely are they they slide into the dms they try to hit you up and, and you know i i am just i've always been raised to be very respectful and i don't i don't mess with any of that i i have help handling dms and all that i also have a girlfriend so that has helped stay help me stay out of that and not worry about any of that um but but yeah i think you always have to be on guard you always have to be held accountable um have people that are checking in on you, making sure you're making wise decisions. I think that's the most important part because it is easy to get tangled up in all of that. And um, my best thing, I just want to stay out of it. I don't want to mess with any of it. Well, that also sounds pretty wise. So we had Ben uh, Calhoun uh, from Citizen Way on the show uh, a little while back. Uh, and he was talking about how uh, someone gave him some advice and the advice that was given to him was this. Um, it doesn't apply to you, you've got a girlfriend, but the advice he received was rather than dating, why don't you try reading the Bible for a year and see what happens? So he started reading the Bible for a year. And then at the end of the year, he thought about it and said, oh, should I start dating now? And he thought, oh, no, I'm just going to read the Bible for another year. And he just kept going. And then he never dated anyone until he met his wife. And then he knew she was the one. So then they dated. That is so crazy. it was so cool. I thought, what an amazing testimony. I like that. So, yeah. So so what's your girlfriend's name? Her name's Ashton Lavoy. Uh, we met actually before the pandemic hit which was uh, an interesting time, but an amazing time in our lives to have no distractions and get to know each other. I got super close with her family and uh, yeah, she's an amazing girl. Amazing. And, and is she a musician? She is. She writes songs. That's actually how we met. We met writing a song together. And uh, that's an amazing thing that we get to share together that um, I didn't know I necessarily needed till I found it. And then I was like, wow, that's, it's amazing that she gets that on a level that nobody else truly could unless you do it, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, that that makes a lot of sense. It's great to have that in common. So um, that that is cool. Okay, so and what are your dreams for your career? What would you like to see happen? I'd like to see myself touring on my own uh, without being an opener and having people, even if it's a small amount of people, an amount of people come to my shows that that know what I do and understand like my music, but 
but I can always like play new songs that they haven't necessarily heard before. And um, I just want to touch people's lives. That's all I really want to do. I want to have an experience. I want people to come and I want us to all feel connected and feel like we all share the same struggles in life and have gone through similar things. And I want there to be a community aspect to my music and with those people. Um, and I hope that I can at some point sustain a part of my career just on my own like that, um, no matter how small it is. Uh, I'd love for that. Um, I just love live music. I love uh, making music. I love touring. And I'd like to do that for the rest of my life. But, um, but yeah, that's kind of my hopes and my dreams. That's cool. The team that are behind you, who, who, who is it that's helping you? Because there's so much more to just writing the songs. There's all the promotion. There's everything to do with booking, getting you on tours, getting your name out there. So who does that all for you? Goodness. So my team, my management is Deep South Entertainment. My manager's name is Sam Fisher. He's amazing. He's who found me playing in a bar uh, and took me to Nashville and uh, started all of this. Um, uh, my record label is Centricity. They're amazing. They've had amazing acts like Jordan Felice and Lauren Daigle uh, blow up and absolutely do amazing. And um, I trust them more than anybody. John Mays is my A&R. He's become one of my role models in my career and in my life. And he's just a great guy. Um, and I love him dearly. Uh, and then my dad, he plays a huge part of my, uh, my journey as a musician. He's, he's uh, hands-on with social media. He's hands-on with management and the label. He's just a huge part of that. So my team, that's my team right there. And I wouldn't trade him for the world. Oh, what a lovely endorsement of them, especially your dad being in the mix there. So you mentioned yeah. earlier on how, how supportive your family are. And uh, I love that. That's great. Um, uh, so with regards to your career, you said what your goals of that. What about your life? What's your main life sort of goals? What are the things that you would see as being key milestones you want to hit? Key milestones. I want to get married. I, I want to travel uh, with my wife. I want to go and play shows and do that for a while. I want to have some kids. Uh, I really, that's all I really want in life. I want a family. Family is the most important thing to me. Uh, I want to be able to pour into my kids. I want to be able to pour into my church. Um, I don't really want a whole lot in life other than that, uh, a good family. I want to be able to pour into people. I want to disciple people. I want, I want to leave this earth and just have a footprint, no matter how small it is. I want to have a footprint and I want somebody to be able to be like, Hey, this is what he did in his short amount of time that he was on this earth. And, um, and that's, that's all I really want. That, that is actually really lovely. So you talked about having a footprint. Has there been somebody who's been very significant to you in helping you engage with Jesus more? Yeah, um, I would 100% say my A&R, John Mays. He's been huge for that. Um, I meet with him probably every two weeks-ish. Uh, sometimes we get a little busy, but we try to meet every two weeks at a Mexican restaurant, Uncle Julio's right up the road. And um, we, we go there, we'll talk for hours just about life, about love, about Jesus, about um, things we've been, we've been thinking about. Um, he's so wise. He's so, so wise and uh, such an amazing man and has poured into my life so much. And I've been so appreciative of it. Um, I've grown so much just in those conversations with him. He's given me articles and books to read and podcasts and, um, He's just been a great asset and growing uh, in my walk and just in life in general. He's been huge. So that's definitely been the last year and a half. That's It's been him. Wow. That's, that's cool. Nice shout out from as well. So um, I've got a question about your generation. Okay. This is not meant critically, but people sometimes looking from the perspective of older generations, see your generation and think maybe they're a little bit 
fickle, a bit faddy, a little bit unsettled, swapping between different things quite quickly, picking up new ideas uh, faster than ever before, potentially. And, and maybe that's down to social media, I, I don't know. Um, but what do you see as being the main dangers that your generation face? And how does your faith help you with it? I think the main, the main struggle that our, my generation folk like, has is, uh, well, we have these phones in our pockets that are literal computers that used to fit in whole rooms at one point in time now we have the power of that in our hand uh and we have unlimited like connectivity with each other we're all connected which is a really cool thing and it's something that a generation has never seen before or had but i think with that comes negative uh negative ways of looking at ourselves we see somebody else on social media we go, i wish i looked like them oh why can't my nose is whatever like it's all about that and i think what that's doing is is messing people's self-image the way they look at themselves i think is messing that up because there is always going to be somebody who is more attractive or more whatever or is, is the way that you want to be but they're not even happy with themselves they want to look like this other person and it's always going to be it even goes down to singing going on tiktok is sometimes really really discouraging to me because i'll see somebody singing and producing and doing the whole thing like i do but better and i'm like man like that's just so discouraging. Why are, why am I doing this? Like they're way better than me. It doesn't even matter at this point. And it's such a, it's such a world and an idea of comparing now. We just compare with everybody else. And I think with faith, the biggest thing I hold on to is that we're fearfully and wonderfully made by God and designed in his image. And we're perfectly ourselves. And I am who he says I am. And that's all that matters. And I feel like that is the true, the true, thing that we all have to hold on to in this day and age, especially my age people, um, holding on to that, holding on to where we find our identity, not in Instagram or TikTok and what everybody's saying on that, but in what God says, I think that's the most important thing because it's so easy to go down that rabbit trail. Even, even being a Christian, it's, it's easy to do that. Wow. Yeah, it certainly is. I know, I know for my kids, um, social media has been something that it can be so addictive, can be so controlling and, and can be upsetting. So um, as a parent, it's a concern that I have. And uh, interesting to hear that even you, I, I, you've, you've got this success uh, of people loving your music and you being on tour. Interesting to hear that even you seeing something on TikTok, it can it can impact you. So um, sometimes in the past, I've asked other people about what advice they would have given to younger self if they could look back in time and, and do that. But it's a bit hard for you because you're 19. So I don't want you to give five-year-old self uh, some advice. Can you try and do it the other way around? I have no idea how you're going to do this. No, I, I could give my I would give my younger self advice probably. I mean, I can think back to five years ago and because and, I've been doing music on the smallest level even back then, you know, and um, yeah, I could do that. Go on then. What, what advice would you give yourself for younger self then? <sighs> younger self, man. I think he was super worried about being like every other artist. He wanted, my voice was something I really struggled with because I obviously had to go through puberty and singing through puberty is not easy. Uh, your voice is changing. It's cracking all the time. The first tour I went on, my voice was cracking constantly. It was super discouraging. I'm finally out of that now, but I still deal with it some because I'm 19. But I think I would tell him to just stop worrying and, and stop focusing so hard and beating yourself up over your voice and wanting to be like somebody who's 22. Like I would listen to these guys like Bieber and Shawn Mendes and all these dudes that I looked up to and be like, why can't I do that? Like, I can't, I was 15. Of course you're not gonna be able to do that. Hold on, buddy. It's okay. Like just be and work on, but I do feel like it gave me a lot of motivation and helped me push harder and harder to 
get to that point. And I, I wouldn't trade it for the world, but I would tell him to not let it be so emotional for him and stop letting it internalize. I would internalize and compare so much. And there's a level of it that was good and helped push me, but there's a level of it that isn't healthy. And so I think I would tell him to just be confident in himself and be confident in the timeline that God's put before you, not the one that you want for yourself. I think that would be the main thing that I tell him. That is very sensitive advice and probably useful for loads of people uh, looking at where they maybe are currently or certainly where you were, as you say, five years ago. But, but to make the question also give some longevity, what do you think 45-year-old Kobe James would say to 19-year-old Kobe James? What do I think 45-year-old Kobe would say to 19-year-old Kobe? I think he would say the same exact thing. Stop trying to rush the timeline. Stop trying to be further along than you are and need to be. I think he would tell me to trust in God's timeline. I feel like it'd be the same exact advice because I'm the same person that at the end of the day, I, I still want things that are out of reach and uh, want to go faster than I truly should. Um, I think he'd, want, he'd tell me to enjoy being 19 and enjoy being young and, and the, the mystery of music. And once you figure it all out, it's not as fun. Once you get to the top, there's nothing else to work towards. So I think he would tell me to, to, keep, to keep that at, at the forefront of my mind and to enjoy, enjoy the place that I'm at while I'm here and not always be looking for the next thing. Yeah, that's, that sounds good. I, I was trying to think uh, what I would uh, give advice to myself. I'm, I'm over 45, so I have to say 65-year-old me would say to me now. Uh, and, and I wondered if you would say, cut yourself some slack when you make mistakes uh, and don't beat yourself up over them and don't replay them in your mind and go, oh, if only I'd done it this or that, it would have been better. So, um, so I think uh, it's one of those things where you, you've got to sometimes go, I'm going to keep looking forwards and going with what God has me has for me the next day. So, um, so anyway, uh, I hope that was interesting. Me sharing my my answer to that. I loved it, man. So, um, we've got another track to play from you, and this is your your latest release, and it's called Golden. So, before we get to that point, I suppose what would be good is just to find out a bit about how people can connect with you. I'm not just talking about the girls who want to try and DM you, but um, direct message just for those who aren't sure what DM is. Um, but uh, uh, how do people connect with you if they want, if you want to find out more about you, Kobe? Yeah, the best way to connect with me is Instagram or Facebook or YouTube. Uh, Kobe James Music on Instagram, Kobe James Music on Facebook, uh, and then just look up Kobe James on YouTube and I should pop up. But those are the best ways to stay informed, stay up to date with what I'm doing, releasing, all that kind of stuff. That would be the best way to do that. Brilliant. Okay. So, so the track we're about to play is called Golden uh, and it's, it's from your, your brand new EP, which is called Mixtape Side A. So I'm assuming there's going to be a side B. Am, am, I, am I right to assume there'll be a side B at some point? There is. We're doing a meeting probably tomorrow, actually, looking for the songs for side B. We're getting ready to roll that out too. So yeah. And I, and I like you called it mixtape because I'm of the generation that very much made mixtapes and had a side A and a side B. Have you actually seen a cassette ever? I have. My mom has tons of them, like just like it, where like it's like a wall and has all these little slots. And then there's all these cassettes from like lots of country artists that she loved and stuff. And my dad and mom would make each other mixtapes. Oh, lovely. So, yeah. so you know what you need to do? You need to go and make a mixtape for your girlfriend. Right. So uh, right. T tell us about this, um, but use an actual cassette and make her go on eBay and buy a Walkman to listen to it. Um, so, uh, so tell us about Golden. What was, what's it all about? 
man, so Golden is one of my favorite songs. I never thought I was going to be able to release it until we had this mixtape idea come along where it's songs that I just want to put out for, for the people that like my music, for, uh, for myself, for the music that I love that I've made. Um, Golden is the first song that I think I've done that was positive and happy in a way that I didn't know how to write happy and positive songs for a long time. I thought I had to write songs about I'm broken, I'm this, I'm this, because you brought me out. But but Golden starts out up tempo, happy. It's a it's a positive song. And that this song sets the trend for the music that's going to come for me. The music that's uh, going to radio this year, the songs that are going to be coming out after this. Golden set the the tempo for that and set the the vibe for that. It was the first song that I did that I was like, hey, I can be just full of praise and just full of uh, love for God and what he's done for me. And that's what Golden is. It's a song of celebration. It's a song of, of loving and uh, being thankful for what God has done in my life and of anybody's life who is saved. So yeah, that's Golden. It's so golden, so fine. Nothing in the world ever drips so bright. It's so rare, one of a kind. There's no one the love that gives me life. I gotta say, what a pleasure it was to have that young guy with so much talent and so much love for Jesus here with us today for the artist interview on Hope FM. And you can enjoy that interview and many others by going to hopefm.com forward slash the artist interview. God bless. Get more interviews now. Visit hopefm.com forward slash the artist interview.